0: Been thinking together about the armor of God and looking at uh, how we are to clothe ourselves from Ephesians chapter 6. It says, verse 10, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Actually, those are not bad words for every preacher, are they? Pray also for me, that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. And Lord, we pray that today, as we open your word, that you will give us your word, and that we will hear the mysteries of the gospel again today, and that you will speak to each one of us in our situations, in our lives, and Lord, that we will hear directly from you through your word. Lord, our hearts, our minds, our spirits are open to you and to you alone. Speak to us, we pray, in the name of Christ. Amen. So we've looked together at the the first three. It says, stand firm then with the belt of truth. That's God's truth. So when we go into any situation, we have a choice. Are we going to listen to the truth that the world tells us or ourselves even tell us? Or are we going to listen to the real truth of what God says to us? that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, that you are beautiful, that I have a purpose for you and a plan for you, that I am going to bless you so that you may be a blessing. Are we listening to that kind of truth or are we listening to the truth that so often we hear from other people that actually, you know what, I'm not any good, this, that, and the other? What truth do we listen to? And then we said you've got to have the breastplate of righteousness, a right relationship with Jesus Christ. The breastplate covers our heart, and the heart in the Bible is the core of who we are. And are you protecting that core of really who you are, who David is? Is it being protected by Jesus Christ, or are we allowing the enemy to attack the core of me and what God thinks about me? And then we said last time about the feet being fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Blessed are the peacemakers, Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5. They are children of God. Are we going to be peacemakers? Are we going to bring peace and offer the gospel of peace to other people? Do we know that peace ourselves, the peace of God which passes all understanding, that only comes with a relationship with Christ? Do we know that in our own lives so that we can be a channel of offering that peace to others? And these three different parts are kind of like the the basic kit of any Roman soldier. So it's, it's like your uniform. You know when you I don't know how many of you have jobs where you have to wear a uniform. I mean, fortunately, I don't normally wear this all the time. But like when you're, when you're in, a, in a uniform, like a police officer, you wear it. You put your uniform on when you go to work. But then when you're on coffee break, you don't suddenly, oh, I'm on coffee break, I'm going to take all this uniform off. You sit there with your uniform still on. You might take off the, you know, your, your truncheon and other things that you carry with you. You may put those down. But you keep on the basic uniform. And that's the kind of picture that we have here. Those first three items are the basic equipment that all of us should keep on the moment we wake up in the morning to the moment we go to bed. Because that, that is, you know, when you get suddenly called, you haven't got time as a soldier or uh, in uniform to put all that lot on. It's not like you can, you can wait and just stay around in your casuals and then somebody turns up to your door and you say, oh, I've got to put my uniform on, quick, let me go and get it. A Roman soldier wouldn't have time to do that. So when they were relaxing back in camp, they would keep the breastplate on. They would keep on the belt. They would keep on their shoes. And it's only when they're completely out of the war that those kind of pieces of equipment come off. But here and then it says after those three, the core outfit, if you like, in addition to this, it says, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Now, in a in a, uh, a Roman soldier, there were a number of different shields that they can have. And the most uh, kind of common shield that you think of is the, I think we've got a picture of it, is that, that kind of shield, you know, the little round one. That's the kind of one that you see in most of the movies, isn't it? When you see the gladiator movies and everything else, they have one of those little Roman round shields, right? Now, in the Greek, they had a different name for each kind of shield. So we know what kind of shield Paul is talking about here. Now, these were kind of ceremonial shields. They look cool, didn't they? If you go into, uh, into those dress-up shops, those are the kind of shields you buy. Because they look really cool, and you get them on your arm, and you strap them on there, right? And they're, re- they're really good. And then you've got your sword in your other hand and your little shield, and off you go. And then you see all the kids running around in their Roman outfits with this, this kind of shield. This is not the shield that he's talking about. Because actually, if you go into battle with that kind of shield, they're kind of useless. Unless you're in a kind of a gladiatory pit in a one-to-one kind of combat, and you've got your sword and your little shield, and the other guy's got the same thing, they're really kind of useless. So they use those... Mainly for ceremonial things or for one-to-one combat with others. But the kind of shield that Paul talks about is this kind. It was massive. Now, you don't normally buy those, right? They're really, what it is, it's a door. It's four and a half foot by two foot piece of wood, right? So literally, it's a door. It's like you take the door off. Well, you can't take that one. It's full of glass. But you take a wooden door off, Right? And what you do is you, you cover it then, or you paint it. Generally, they were covered in leather, and so then on top of the wood, they would have these. Uh, they would put six layers of leather, dried animal skins, and they would stick those on in a kind of like a ply piece of uh, kind of plywood that's all stuck together on top of it, and then they hold it all together with bits of metal. These things are heavy. But the advantage of this is what? They're protected. You're not going to do a lot of protection with a little round shield. But with this thing, it's like a tank walking towards you, isn't it? Like, unless you're kind of like uh, an earthworm size and you nibble at their ankles, there's not a lot of other space that you can actually attack. And that's what they used to do in the Roman army. And this is the shield that Paul is talking about right here. This actually is called the Tortoise Formation, in case you wanted to know. And this was one of the the key things for the Roman army, because they would walk together like this as they go into battle, right? The two guys on the outside are completely toast, right? Especially the guy on the left who hasn't even got a shield. But the guys in the middle, they're all protecting each other. How are you going to attack something like that? You know, it's, it's like moving house, isn't it? And you've got this big protective wall around you. Now, first of all, the Roman soldier needed to learn how to look after their shield. In Romans 12, it talks about that each one of us is given a measure of faith. Each one of us is given a shield. And we have to take up our shield, but the shield has to be ready for the battle. Now, I said to you that each of these shields were covered in leather. So you've got wood on the inside, then you've got leather on the outside. Now, leather is really good as long as it stays supple. If leather gets stiff and hard, you can just break it. It becomes brittle. And so every Roman soldier will be given a little bottle of oil. And every day when they wake up in the the morning, the first thing they would do is they get their oil and they rub it into their shield. If you do not do that the shield becomes really brittle. The leather will be no good at all and it gives you no protection. But if they kept rubbing it in, it would become supple and soft and it gives it that rigidity and that hardness that can stop arrows and swords and goodness knows what else coming at it. And so they would have to do this every single day. They would get up, they would take their little bottle of oil and they would wipe and clean and prepare their shield so that when the battles came... Their shields were ready to extinguish all those arrows that were coming their way. Now, oil in the Bible is the Holy Spirit. And it's the same thing with us in a spiritual sense. We need to keep the Holy Spirit working in us and through us. And it's like just working that oil into that shield. If we want the shield of faith to be powerful, to be able to stop all the attacks of the enemy... We need to keep that flow of the Spirit working through us. Every day we need to invite God's Spirit to come in. It's like spending time oiling. It's like cleaning your shoes in the morning, you know, before you go out. You, you work them, you rub them, you clean them. And we say, Holy Spirit, come in, clean me, wash me, make me new. Flow in me and through me today. Prepare me, get me ready for what lies ahead today. And then the second thing they would do prior to going into battle is that they would soak the whole thing in water, so that the wood and the, the, uh, it would be covered, if you like, be dripping with water just before they go into battle. Now water in the Bible, if you look in Ephesians 5:26, water is to do with the word of God. Look at 5:26. 5:25. Husbands love your wives. It's good advice. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. To make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. Water and the word are tied together. The washing is through the word the Word of God. And we need to, just as a soldier would wash effectively, soak the, the shield in water. And I'll talk about why in a moment. We need to wash ourselves in the word of God. And as we prepare, we wash ourselves, we continue to allow God's Word to flow in us and His Spirit to flow in us, then when we go into battle with the shield of the Spirit, then we are ready and we are confident. We need to learn to memorize the Word of God. Remember Jesus, what did He do when He was in the wilderness, when the enemy came, when He started firing those arrows at Him? How did He get out of that? He quoted the Word of God. Why? Why? Well, he didn't have the Hebrew scriptures with him, did he? He didn't go, hang on a minute, I need, I need, where's my concordance? Uh, there's a verse in there. There's got to be a verse in here somewhere that, that uh, you know, addresses what you're saying. Jesus just knew it like this. He just had it there. He had the words in his heart, in his mouth to be able to speak out. And we need to be the same. When the enemy attacks us, we need to have at our fingertips going, you know what the word of God says? This is what it says. So we can quote the word of God to our enemy. That we can say, you know what? This is the real truth. Not what you're telling me. Because God's word says this and God's word is true. And that's why we need to learn God's word. It's too late when we're in battle and we forgot to wash our, our shield. And the fiery arrows are coming over. Then it's too late. Then we're in trouble. We need to know God's word before we go into the battle so that when we're in the heat of the battle, when things are coming at us, we can claim God's word and say, this is what the word says. This is how God wants me to respond to these things that are coming my way. Now it says here, go back to Ephesians 6. It says, in addition to this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. These arrows are going to come flying over. Now, there were three kinds of arrows that the people used in those days. They were just normal arrows that went flying through the air. And so the sky would go dark and all these hail of arrows would come down and they would lift, they would be in this kind of position so that when the arrows came down on top of them, they were all protected underneath because it's just like having a a complete roof on top. There were also arrows which they lit in uh, before they, they dipped them in oil, the tops of it, and they lit them. And so they would have lighted arrows firing over. And of course, as they fire through or they fly through the air, what happens to the flame on the arrow? It gets brighter and brighter. So you see all these fiery dots, which is what he's talking about here, coming towards you. That's when you need to know that you have dipped it in oil. And it, rather in water. Because you're going to have bright balls of fire landing on top of you. At that moment, you don't want hard wood and brittle leather. You want supple leather that has been doused in water. Because what will happen when those arrows hit? The water will just put them out. And they won't be as, as deadly as they would otherwise be. The other kind of arrows, they had little vials tied to them of oil. So they would light them, fire them, and then when they landed, they would like explode. It was like throwing a little grenade or something. And again, if you had the water on your shield and you trust your shield, then you know that it's just going to, you're going to be safe underneath. But you need to do that preparation work before. And we need to do the same thing. We need to have God's presence flowing in us, comes through that intimacy with him, comes from a constant and a consistent prayer life with Christ, being obedient to him. And we need to have the word of God deep inside of us. Then we know when those arrows come our way, when we look and we see that terrifying moment when the sky is full of burning lights coming towards us, then we know that we're going to be safe. Why? Because we have the shield of faith. And what does it say? It says you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. The word of God says that there is no arrow that we will be able to get through. Now why not? Why not? Well, because the shield of faith is incredibly powerful. Turn over to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, just a few books further on. It says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given you a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you. Now listen to this. Who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. What's Peter saying here? He's saying that we are shielded. We are shielded by God, by God's power through faith. How do we know that this shield of faith will stand against all the arrows? Because it is imbibed with the power of God in it. It's not based on my faith in God. It's based on God's faith, on God's trust, on who God is. And it says in his word there in 1 Peter that it's got the power of God in that shield. So we can trust that it's going to stop every single arrow because it's not down to me. It's down to the power of God that he's placed in his shield. And he is going to stop everything. Could the enemy get through to Jesus Christ? No. Did any arrow get through to Christ? No. Why not? Because Christ stood there with that shield of faith saying, I'm going to rest not on my power, not on my strength, but on my Heavenly Father's strength. And then nothing could get through. And we need to learn how to do the same. Do you know a few uh, times ago when we started looking at this series, I talked about the six D's of the enemy? Do you remember that? that the enemy tries, and these are the arrows that are coming over to us. Sometimes he shoots the arrow of deception. Sometimes he shoots the arrow of doubt. Sometimes the arrow of discouragement. Sometimes diversion. Sometimes delay. Sometimes defeat. And he keeps on firing arrow after arrow after arrow because he wants you to be defeated. What he wants you to do is to not trust in the shield of faith, but to drop it and run. That's what he wants. Because if you drop that, if one of you out of that says, I'm out of here, and you drop it, what happens to the whole unit? It's toast. An arrow will come in to where the gap is, and they'll all be set on fire. They'll all start dropping like flies. But if they stick together, if they keep together, if they trust together in the armor that they've been given, then they can move forwards together for God. So how, how do we, how do we put on this shield? How do we take it up? Well, first, as I said, we trust in the power of God, that he is shielding you, he is shielding me. When I pick up that shield of faith, I am picking up Something so, so powerful. How powerful is God? There's no answer to that. As powerful as I could describe him would be just a drop in the ocean to the power of God. And he said, I am putting my power into that shield to protect you. The Bible over and over again says the just shall live by faith. Habakkuk 2.4, Romans 1.17, Galatians 3.11, many other places. And so when we take up that shield, what we're actually doing is saying, I am going to choose to live trusting God. I am going to choose today. I see the arrows coming. But I am going to trust in who God is, in the power of God, in what God has given me so that these arrows will not get through. And we stand there in confidence, moving forwards because we trust in the shield that God has given to us. I heard about a little boy. First football game, just a little kid. And just before the game, his mum was there over on the side, as all mothers always are. And he went over and the mum called him over. He was all kitted out in his brand new shorts and shirts and new football boots. His mum called him over to give him a little bit of a, you know, just a little team talk, a little bit of a boost before he went on to play his first football game. And so his mom said, you're going to do really well. Just do your best, son. You're going to do really well. I'm so proud of you. You look so cute in all that outfit. It's going to be great. And the kid said to his mom, he said, mom, I think we're going to lose the game today. And said, what? what are you talking about? Think positive. Think positive. None of this negativity. Think positive. And the kid looked at his mom and he looked at the opposition And he looked back at his mom and he said, all right, I'm positive we're going to lose the game today. (laughs) That is not taking the shield of faith. The shield of faith says, you know what, I am positive that God has the power to extinguish every single arrow. I don't care what the enemy, well I do care, but whatever the enemy sends my way. God's power is greater than that. And so we can stand there confident. How does it work in reality? You know, a number of uh, months ago, as as down in London, God gave another prophetic word about Trinity Church and the future of the church here. So David, stand up. Another word about the church. You know, as soon as you get those words about how, what God is going to do in Trinity, how he's going to continue to bless Trinity, how this place is going to be bursting at the seams and full of people and all these things, the enemy gets an arrow and he aims it at you. And the arrow starts glowing brightly in the sky as it's coming your way. And through your mind goes, are you sure you really understood that word correctly? This is just kind of wishful thinking. I mean, every minister wants the church to be full of people bursting at the seams. But did he really say that? Are you sure? And that fiery arrow comes over. And doubt comes in. Or he says, I think God wants something from you. It's, it's, you're not doing it right that's why you don't see it you've you got to do something different you're not doing what he wants you to do therefore it, this is why not if you just do this thing if you just do what, this one thing then then maybe maybe it will happen and so you start running after doing this thing and then when it's that thing and nothing seems to change you try something else and you oh well if, if I just do this thing then maybe I'll see what God promised me or if I just do this thing I'll see what God promises me and what happens is you get diverted away from what God really wants you to do. Running after things that you think, if I can just fix this, then I'll get the breakthrough that's coming my way. And the arrow comes. Or maybe he sends another arrow. And problems and disunity starts to come. And you get worn out. Because you going, Lord, you promised me this. And look what's happening. I'm having to deal with these two people that have fallen out. And then as soon as I've tried to sort that issue out, I have to run over here and deal with these two people that have fallen out over here. And this isn't going as it should be going. And this thing's not going. And then you get tired. And when you get tired, the next thing in the road is discouragement. And you go, look, I'm just burning out here. I'm burning out. I'm working every hour trying to fix all these things to bring what you promised. And it's not happening. Maybe it's just not going to happen. And you get discouraged. Maybe, maybe it's not for me. Maybe it's for someone else later. Maybe it's true, but it's a hundred years down the road. And you get discouraged. And you want to give up. And that arrow comes in. Or maybe it's like the other way around. And it says the arrow comes in and, and you allow it to come in and it says, well, what's the rush? Just build carefully. You know, you keep getting told you need to take everyone with you, everyone. You don't want to upset anyone in the church. This is the church. We don't go about upsetting people in church. You need to, you need to bring everyone with you. So you need to go at the pace of the slowest person. Because you don't want to lose one. Jesus said even, didn't he? I haven't lost one, not one. So you can't go losing anybody. So so wait until everybody is convinced that this is the right way before you do anything. And you actually stop. And you say, well, it's not Mike. Don't look at me, God. You know, it's not me. Is that is that Mike Jones there? He's He's not on board yet. I'm waiting for Mike. When Mike's on board, then I'll move to the next bit. But until, you know... And so we stop and we don't go anywhere. And actually we quite like that position of being stopped because nobody's upset with me. And we delay and delay and delay the things of God and the arrow gets through. Or sometimes, sometimes you just think, you know what, it's never going to happen. And that voice inside just says, David, you're an idiot. You're just stupid. You're a dreamer. It's never going to happen. Look at the churches around you. You find me one church today that's bursting at the seams. It's not going to happen. Why would it happen here? It's not happening there. And they're even better than you are as a preacher and a pastor and everything else. Why would it happen here? It's not going to happen. And you give up. And you say, you know what? You're probably right. Let me go get a proper job and stop wasting my time. And the arrow gets in. That's what the enemy does. You hear the word, you accept the word, but then the arrows start coming. And when the arrows start coming, there is a tendency within each one of us to start focusing on the arrow Instead of start trusting the shield. In each of those we have a choice. What are we going to do? You see it's the shield of faith. And faith is a choice. I heard about a missionary. John Payton. His name was. He was in the South China Seas. In some of those islands. Translating the scriptures. And he found that in their local language, there was no word for belief, Which is quite a difficult thing then when you're trying to translate the Scriptures. There was no word for trust, and there was no word for faith. So he's like, and how can I translate the Scriptures? What can I use to translate about belief, about faith, about trust? He had no idea how he could convey that concept to them. And then one day, a messenger guy came, and he was running full speed, and he, he came with a special uh, message from, for John from somewhere else. And he'd been running flat out. And he came in and his lungs were going. And he ran so fast that when he came in, he came in the stairs. He came into his place. And he just flopped down in the big chair that was there. And he said, it's so good to rest my weight in this chair. Let me catch my breath before I tell you the news. And John Payton said, you know what? I have my words for faith faith is resting your whole weight on God. It's just like flopping in that chair. And he used that to translate the Bible. When we take up our shield of faith, what we are doing is resting our whole weight on the promises of Jesus Christ. It's saying, Lord, this is my faith in you. But the shield is your power that is going to protect me. You have promised in your word that if I trust you, you will extinguish every single flame of the enemy. None of them can get through. So I am going to trust you. I am not going to listen to those other voices that says there's a different way, that says you're misguided, that says you're ridiculous, that says you're a dreamer, that says all these other things. I am going to listen to your word and to yours alone. And the truth is that when those arrows come over, we have a choice to make. Are you going to believe the truth of God's word or are you going to believe the lie that is contained in that fiery arrow? Which are you going to trust? Are you going to trust in the truth? Or are you going to trust in the lie that's coming your way? You have a choice. And lastly, are you going to act on the truth? Or are you going to act on the lie? If you act on the truth, you keep your shield there. And you say, this shield is my rock. This shield, I am going to hide underneath this shield. God has given me this shield so that every single arrow will never penetrate. Will never come and touch me. And I'm going to trust in the power of God to protect me as i go through life you know these guys what they used to do why it was called the tortoise was because they used to continue to move forwards they didn't just stand there waiting for the arrows to fall but together side by side they would move forwards and they were like a battering ram that would go straight into the enemy they would work together move together just like a tortoise that's why it was called slowly but they would gain ground against the enemy because nothing could step in the way They were protected on above, around each side, And so they could then move forward together, knowing that they could take ground from the enemy. And that is what God has given to you and to me when he's given us the shield of faith. It's not just for us to stand there to be protected. That's part of it. But part of it also is to move forward and to gain ground for Jesus Christ. So you need to ask yourself today, are you taking up the shield of faith. The shield of faith, in a nutshell, is the consistent application of what the Bible tells me about God to the issues in my life. Let me say that again. It's the consistent application of God's Word to the issues in my life. Because every issue in my life, the enemy is firing an arrow at it. He's saying, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to rest. I'm just going to keep firing these arrows over. If I have the shield of faith, though, I will trust in what God says about those issues in his word, in his spirit working in and through me. And I will be able to move forward with confidence because it's his power that is moving me forwards. What about you? You see, the more you know your word of God, the more you'll know God. The more you know God, the more you'll be able to apply the things of God, the, the lesson, the character of God, the shield of faith, if you like, to your life. And then the more you can move forwards with him. I think some of the reason why believers can't move forwards today is because they just don't know the word of God. If you don't know God's words, you do not know God. This is how we get to know him. Yes, we pray. Yes, we fellowship. But primarily, we get to know God through his word. The more you can delve into the word of God, the better you will know God. And the better you know God, the more confident you can move forwards with him. Because you will have more and more and more trust in who he is and what he can do in your life. So where are you today? I want you to think for a moment. Maybe Ronnie can just play for a second. I'm just going to have a bit of quiet. I want you to think in your life. If you look up, where are those darts coming? Where are the fiery darts that are coming your way? I guarantee they're coming. Everybody has them coming their way. Because the enemy won't rest. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, he's not going to rest. He's just going to keep firing them over. Where are they coming? What is it in your life that the enemy is attacking right now? And how are you standing? Have you got that shield of faith? Are you trusting in the promises of God? In, in who Jesus says you are? Are you trusting in your strength to sort out these arrows? Or are you trusting in the shield of faith? In the power of God, the almighty power, nothing is impossible, we're saying. And we said, are you trusting in that in your life? What choice are you going to make today? Let's just have a moment of quiet. And if you haven't lifted that shield up, if you're not standing like those Roman soldiers, hiding behind it, it's not a cowardly way you hide, hiding. But if you have that shield, you can move forwards with that protection in front of you. You're not going to fall. You don't have to give ground. You can move forwards. And nothing the enemy can throw at you can stand in your way. Ask him now. Jesus, help me to take up the shield of faith. I see the arrows coming. Lord, help me to hold behind that, to move forward with you.